0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Parekh. We are cosmic beings, beings of light. A single moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time that we receive one of those moments. We are honored, overjoyed, privileged, and humbled. We serve in your presence. Our shows are held on Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, 9 a.m. Pacific. At any moment, to participate on one of our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. All podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco, CView. 1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or use Take My Call and for $11 you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11 and then please pm or email claudia pareco with the phone number you'll call the show at cview1111 at gmail.com now let's listen to our host and topic of the day
1: Danny and welcome everybody to CBU 2020. Today we have manifesting beyond belief ancient mystery school secrets with author radio personality law, law of attraction expert Robert Zing. There is much that we can talk about just the word manifesting. But what does it mean to manifest beyond belief? That is the clue of this uh, podcast and information that Mr. Zink is going to give us today. Many of us have trouble believing in the laws of manifestation and of attraction because it doesn't seem to be working for us. It seems like it's a secret that someone has and we don't have access to that. So now, Robert, who is known as a modern day renaissance man, he's going to give us some tips and some information that can help you attract everything you want. So let's bring Robert to the show and welcome him to CBU. Hey, Robert.
2: Hey, nice to be here. And we are soaring high like a big, beautiful eagle today.
1: I know. It is it is such a uh, beauty to be able to communicate with you and with celebrities and personalities over the Internet where we are shown again and again that distance is not real.
2: Right. It's about time now, isn't it? You know, I mean, Yeah, it used to take months to cross the country, and now we can do it in a few hours in an airplane or in an instant using the Internet.
1: That is right. And, and, and you know, when you think about it, if that is not manifesting, then what is?
2: Well, yeah, and, and think about this. Those people who were in those covered wagons going from, say, St. Louis to California, uh, they had no idea that all of the other forms of communication and transportation were already present in the universe. The only thing they understood was their wheel and their horse. And so that was their, that was their paradigm and we all have our limiting beliefs.
1: So that's where beyond belief comes, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I was reading an account some time ago about when uh natives uh, uh natives to the island uh, where Columbus landed uh and in some of the uh diaries it was it was stated that the natives didn't even see the ships in the harbor the har- I mean the ships were in the harbor they didn't even see them because they were so outside their Their paradigm of reality that they didn't register. But the shaman, they saw them and they introduced them to their tribes. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when you have that expanded consciousness, you can see what is possible. But when you're living in your day to day mundane consciousness, Then oftentimes something miraculous can be right in front of your eyes, but you won't see it.
1: Wow. You know, you're so right. And that's when you are, um, when you have that capacity of expanded consciousness, that's why you feel so alone because you're seeing or sensing things that are there and nobody shares that with you
2: because they're not tapped in. I think that's another reason why people that have expanded consciousness want to have small communities or soul groups or families or uh, circles or churches or whatever, because they want to have other people that have and understand expanded consciousness. It's pretty exciting.
1: It is, and Robert, I was reading in your um, description that you actually have some uh, clients, and you also teach people some of your um, uh, trainings. Well, you train people in some of the modalities that you follow. So, if someone, before we continue with that, wants to get in touch in contact with you, how can they?
2: Well, they can visit us at Law of Attraction Solutions. Uh, dot com, and uh, that's the easiest way. Or we have a really nice uh, resource on Facebook, Law of Attraction Solutions on Facebook, and we add a lot of content to that Facebook page every day. Plus, we go live several times uh, a month. So when you're a member there, you'll get a notice that hey, we're going live on this topic. You can decide whether you want to join us or not. You know,
1: another beauty of the internet. Thank you. So, tell me a little bit about you, and what is it that uh, prompts you in this area, in this path?
2: Well, you know, I think I think that I have always had an inclination toward the spiritual and the metaphysical. I mean, I can remember back as as far back as I can remember having uh, like three and four years old speaking with angels and talking with angels and things like that. And so I've always had this desire to understand what is beyond the curtain of reality. Uh, as I got into the advertising and marketing business out of college, and in uh, radio broadcasting and advertising, we had our own advertising agency. I've had three of them; they've all been successful. But as I as I did that, uh, I one day I was I was driving home, and I said, "You know, I have a friend who needs some help," and I began to mentor him using some of the. Ancient laws of the metaphysics of uh, the ancient mysteries, the uh, Greek and uh, Hebrew and Egyptian and Christian mystery schools and he got better and things got better and then I did another client and then another and so then I brushed up on my neurolinguistic programming and I continued to take on more clients, but I continued to run my advertising agency. And I think it was way back in, well, it wasn't that far ago. It was back in 2009, February, we did our first podcast on Blog Talk Radio. We still have it in our file because we, we've erased some of the other bad ones that were just, the, the quality was so bad. But we've never erased that one because it's kind of a milestone for me. And I remember that I was so nervous. I said, well, I'm going to go on at 11 o'clock at night. And uh, because I, I don't want anybody listening to me, you know, <laughs> and I went on 11 o'clock at night and I think it was an hour and we, I forget what the topic was. I think it was the Kabbalah, but um, anyway, that's how that developed. And then we were simply on a podcast for years, and we built up a very, very big following on iTunes. We started mentoring a lot of business people all over the world, and uh, they listened to iTunes. They liked what I was saying. I resonated with them. They hired me as a coach. And then one day somebody called me and said, Hey, can I throw some of your, your stuff up on my YouTube channel? I said, sure, why not? I didn't know much about YouTube. I didn't use it very often, and uh, so all of a sudden, there he is. I'm checking it about a month later, the YouTube channel, and some of my some of my podcasts are getting like ninety thousand, a hundred thousand hits, and I'm going, wow! I have never gotten those kind of numbers with my podcast alone. Mm-hmm. So I. I wrote the guy and said, stop using my material. We opened up our own (laughs) YouTube channel. And uh, we're we're slowly approaching 500,000 followers. We're at about a million and a half downloads every month. We still do our podcast twice a week. Rachel's starting to join me more often now. And uh, we just like talking with people and learning from them and, and helping them wherever we can help.
1: Robert, you mentioned the ancient mystery school secrets, and you called. They talk about the Egyptians and the Catholics or Christianity. I don't know which ones you talk. How did you get a hold of those secrets?
2: Well, when I was when I was a young man uh, at seven, actually sixteen years of age, I I wanted to graduate from high school a year early. I didn't like high school. And so I went to broadcast school. And I went to broadcast school in the daytime, and I took my required credits in the evening. They had evening high school available. So with all of that, I was able to graduate a year early. But long story short, my mother passed away at that time, and uh, I was pretty distraught, Eh gentleman took me under his arms, under his wings, so to speak, and uh, became friends with his family, his children, and and everybody, and he had connections to the ancient mystery schools, to one of them, and uh, then I went, uh, went away, did some broadcasting, came back, did a talk show in a little town called Puyallup, Washington. And there was a gentleman there who had, uh, well, he had very interesting references. He obviously was a member, former member of the CIA and a number of other things. But he took me under his wing as well, and we formed a kind of a small group. And uh, they began to teach me. And I remember classes were every night. At midnight, so when I got off the air at ten by the time I got done recording my commercials and things like that, we met at a at a restaurant, and uh, we sometimes would have breakfast, and class would go till about two three in the morning
1: So do you think you need to uh, everyone needs to know some of those secrets in order to manifest?
2: No, I wasn't I wasn't quite at that level of consciousness. Uh when I hit about 29 or when I hit about my early 30s, we'll just say I, I, can't, I can't even remember the exact date. Uh I I was driving home from work and I had a breakdown right on the road. I had to pull over, spent many hours along the side of the road. I didn't have a phone. There were no cell phones back then. And uh, I finally, you know, uh, got enough courage to get to a uh, pay phone, call for help. And long story short, it was about five years that I was unable to work. And part of those, part of that, that time, that, that, that period, uh, I was incapacitated. Emotionally, not mentally. Mentally, I the psychiatrist said, he's as sharp as a tack. He's in the top 20% of intelligence. But emotionally, I just was unable to function in the world. I couldn't leave my apartment. And I became a total agoraphobic. And I remember my grandma said to me, she came over one time and she said, I don't know exactly why you're going through this. And I don't know how you're going to pull yourself out of it. But I know that this experience is something that you're going to use to help other people in the future. And slowly I pulled myself out of that experience. I ended up uh, entertaining in Las Vegas. I traveled all over the world as an entertainer on cruise ships and things like that. So I was able to expand my universe again and become somewhat of a normal human being. But I was always, I always felt outside of normalcy. And what I mean by that is I felt a connection that I didn't have before. That breakdown wasn't just a breakdown. To the psychiatrist, it was, it was like a, what they call a nervous breakdown or a pan, a, a, some severe panic. Okay, But it wasn't. It was an awakening. It was the opening of my third eye. Mm-hmm. And it debilitated me for five years to the point that I couldn't even drive alone. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. But that, that experience has given me an edge. Uh, in my life now, in mentoring people, helping others achieve their goals and dreams, whether it's you know building a business, whether it is uh, saving a relationship, saving a marriage, whatever it might be, because now I not only have the skills necessary, the physical skills, I also have the increased intuition.
1: So how do you use that when you are working with somebody?
2: Well, when I'm working with someone, I am uh, listening to them, but I'm also tapping into their vibration and the vibration of their fears and the vibration of their doubts. And I can help them, I can aid them, by lowering their fears, because that's what I was stuck with during that five-year period. I was in a in a capsule of fear for five years. I can lower their fear and I can raise their higher vibration, ultimately helping them reach the highest version of who they are at any given time. And so... This whole notion of opening your third eye uh, on a whim is not a good idea. I think that you should have a shaman or someone working with you. But I, that's how I did it, and it it crippled me for five years. But it's also given me uh, incredible skills as I work with my clients nowadays. So, and
1: I've, I'm reading on your. Um... On on your life and reading about it, and you use um a you're a ruach healer. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, ruach in Hebrew means breath or spirit. It can also okay. mean personality. It's one of those words that that have a variety of meanings. But in the context in which we're using it, it, re- it relates to spirit. Or life force, breath. Right? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the uh, sayings in one of the mystery uh, initiations says, "Breath is evidence of life." And so, breath is very important because breath is how we bring in new energy constantly into our body. We oxy- oxygenate ourselves. So, uh, the mystery schools. Are, have always taught these ancient secrets. When I first saw The Secret come out, the movie, I, I began laughing. I said, wow, this is so simplistic. I mean, is this going to help anybody? And it wasn't until years later that I realized a lot of people weren't even at that level. And so I constantly recommend The Secret now. But The Secret <laughs> is is based on the ancient teachings of Hermes Trismegistus. And, uh, the law, and the law of attraction is really, it's really a subset of the law of vibration. It's one of the seven hermetic laws. And the law of vibration states that everything is vibrating. And when you, when you move into alignment, when you reduce your doubts, when you reduce your limiting beliefs, when you reduce your fears and you increase, Positive optimistic beliefs, your inner certainty, when you, oh, this is going to sound crazy to some people, when you recognize that you are a co creator of your reality, then all things are possible.
1: Wow. You know, I have I have thought about that. I do I do believe myself the co-creator of my reality. And sometimes when you think about that and uh and in the, in life you have situations that doesn't make sense. How do you recognize how do you reconcile with the thought that you created that? Which you are now complaining about.
2: Yeah, well that's the paradox, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is.
2: Yeah. Because at some level we are we are constantly creating lessons for ourselves. And you know, as you get older, when you get in your people tell me when they get into their nineties and even my grandma when she was in her late seventies, she said, you know. I've come to realize that nothing really matters except issues of life and death. I mean, we worry about a thousand different things every day. And guess what? Only percent of them ever (laughs) manifest. So we worry about a lot of stuff that's never going to come about, is never going to happen, but we spend a lot of time worrying about it. And I think the more we worry about it, if we give it a lot of attention, give it a lot of worry, we can bring it about. But it wasn't necessarily meant to come about. There, there, are, uh, there are no absolute answers into this whole notion of co-creatorship. I mean, you know, you can ask yourself, a child comes into the world uh, with a birth defect. Did that child create that? Did the parents create it? Is it a lesson for the parents? Is it a lesson for the child? Who knows? I mean, some of this is ultimately way beyond us.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think our mental capacity of understanding some of the truths We are not yet there, even though we grasp a lot of those now that we couldn't before, there are still some aspects of it that is beyond the human um, brain. It is somehow we understand that at a a deeper level, but it's very hard to put it in words or in a concept that doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, I. I I don't know why, you know. My mother she passed away uh, violently at 17. I don't know how I manifested that. I certainly <laughs> was not conscious on my mind, you know. Um, but at some point, and that's that's, but that's where the prayer of Ho'onoponopono is so powerful, because it says, "I don't need to know how I manifested it. I love you." I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. It clears away the energy and it takes responsibility for the manifestation. Even, you know, if I'm walking, we don't go into the malls anymore, but when I used to like to go walking, I I love window shopping. And we used to go walking through the malls and I would see somebody that was crippled, head bent to the side in a wheelchair, somebody pushing them. And I, as I was walking by, I would simply say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. For whatever part I played in the creation that, of this person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I remember um, being on the beach and looking at somebody past and I don't remember what kind of disability that person had, but then I remember feeling this gratitude and love and, and it probably is the same for thank you because of you, I don't have to experience that in me because if I am experiencing, experiencing that in you, and that was a grateful for that because we need a little bit of all that is to, for the reality to exist. So, yeah, but it's 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 mind blowing when you think about right. the, the way the world is is created and, and how we are part of everything.
2: Yeah, I, and I think taking uh, responsibility Taking responsibility and choosing not to feel powerless. Look mm-hmm. at all the people out, look at all the people out on the streets now, uh, busting windows, causing mayhem. All of these people, what are they really telling you? They're really telling you, "I feel powerless."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is the example of powerlessness behavior. They may also be saying, "I don't have a job." Because people that have a job go to work, they don't go out to to uh, to to break windows and cause mayhem and all that kind of stuff. So, I think as more people become empowered through their belief in God, their connection with the universe or source energy, whatever whatever doorway they need. The more people become empowered, the greater our society becomes. People say, I just want to see everybody get along. I want to see everybody happy. I want to see a world at peace. You'll never have a world at peace until you start to empower. And you, you can't just empower from the top down. Though we, we love business clients. You've got to empower from the bottom up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: everybody has to feel that, look at, look at what's going on in my world. I helped create this. Not, oh, it's your fault. I'm going to break your window. You know, mm-hmm. that's disempowerment. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I, there is some Greek rites of initiation, ancient Greek rites of initiation that, are supposed to help you empower. Is that something that we could use nowadays?
2: Well, I think all the ancient rites and the the school that I that I uh, 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 teach out of is called the Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn. Uh, they include a lot of the Greek rites, but the ancient Greek rites of um, Lucius were designed to make you a better person. And not everybody was accepted into those Greek rites. I think there was one, uh, I don't remember who it was, it might have been Nero, there was one Roman emperor who was turned down, couldn't participate hmm. in the rites. And even slaves back then had the right to request time off from whatever work that they did, to be able to attend the rites. And then they would go back to their work, but they had the right to claim that opportunity. Now, we don't know exactly everything that was in the Eleusinian Mysteries because they were so secret, nobody ever talked about them. They talked about how they felt by them. In other words, how good their life was, how it empowered their life, but nobody ever gave the actual secrets. We have bits and pieces, but we don't have the whole thing. So any of the ancient mystery schools, I think, I think they're all healthy. Uh, I mean, if you are into masonry, now masonry is primarily for men, but there is co-masonry nowadays. That can be a wonderful school. You know, there are, other, I'm not a mason, but I know a lot of people that are, and they're all good people. There are different ancient schools that can trace themselves back through various churches. They may be helpful. And there are Eastern schools of Buddhism and so forth. Again, wonderful opportunities to unlock your potential.
1: Do you think there are new downloads that, are, that can do the same in, in, as the ancient rites?
2: Well, we live in a different time now. Uh mm-hmm. it's impossible to keep secrets anymore, you know. So I I I don't know. I mean anything is possible. <laughs> uh I, I you know, we have, we have the initiations into the Golden Dawn and there's five different initiatory rites. You know, how much they help people that really depends on the individual. For some people, they don't help at all. For others, uh, they're an excuse not to achieve in the real world. And yet for others, they awaken them to a new level of consciousness. So we're at a different, as a humanity, we're at a different level of consciousness than we were you know, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago.
1: And what do you think is the link between manifestation and magic?
2: Well, magic is nothing more than the law of attraction, the law of vibration on steroids. (laughs) In other words, the average person, they say, I want to manifest a new car. And then they say, oh, but I... I, I don't know how to get the money, and uh, I don't know if I can afford it, and I don't know if I can sell my car for enough to come up with the down payment. And, and we go through all kinds of negative belief patterns. The magician doesn't do that. The magician goes right to, we're manifesting a new car. We don't know how. We don't know where. We don't even know when, but it's going to happen. It's already happened in the universe, and we are invoking that vibration. And they do it through ritual. They do it through ceremony. They do it through prayer. And, uh, but they don't bring in all the, 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 the limiting beliefs. Hopefully they don't bring in all the limiting beliefs into whatever right they are doing. And the other thing that the magician does is that when he's done or she's done, you don't think about it. They go out for breakfast or go out to dinner, you know. They're <laughs> not sitting there wondering, did it work? Did it work? Did it work? Is it going to happen? Is somebody going to call? Am I going to get that car? They just go out to dinner and say, okay, enjoy life. We did our work. Now let it happen. So it's really it's really the same thing. It's just... a. What I would call a different level of uh, vibrational
1: impact—it's
2: a harder punch.
1: And now, Robert, you have written uh, three books so far. In my belief system, I think books are going to become obsolete very soon. What will you think about that?
2: Well, everything is changing. I mean, uh, the nature of the, I mean the printing press changed everything from uh, "We only can write down important things like the words of the Bible to "We can write about everything, and we can print mm-hmm. it up for the masses." Now, uh, last night was it last night or the night before, I downloaded probably 10 or 15 books onto my Kindle. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think books are ever going to be gone. I think they're just taking a different form.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, and children need need books because they do need they do need to have the 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 tactile experience of touching the paper, uh, looking at the pictures, maybe drawing in the book, um, you know, turning the page back, and so forth. They need they need that tactile experience, and some of the early books that I know Julian uh used our son they had different textures on each page that he could feel, and so books offer a tactile experience, and tell me, doesn't it feel good to walk into a bookstore and find a treasure oh, yes.
1: I love that yeah
2: that's that's true so i i think i think we'll I think we'll see them transforming a lot. But you know it's like it's like vinyl records, you know everybody listens on on digital, but there are still a group of people out there that just love listening on vinyl,
1: yeah, that's true yep yeah. and and many things are changing i I don't know what's gonna happen with the school systems now that they are becoming more remote. I know that many people are very uh, resilient to that change and think that kids are not getting what they should. But if you think about it, we have always resisted change in our history of, of humanity. But changes in it comes, it just comes and transforms, and then it becomes your normal, only to change again. So. Now, Many of the things well, change
2: that- change for the sake of change isn't necessarily uh, helpful but but if if change leads to better outcomes, then it of course is very, very helpful.
1: Well, but who decides if it's a better outcome or not?
2: Well, you have to look where the change takes you. you know is the is the change a cha- a change that is in- inspired by by spirit? or is it a change inspired by convenience, or is it a change inspired by political motive, etc.? Where does a change come from? You know the old saying, follow the money? Well, mm-hmm. we have another saying, follow the energy. That'll tell you the motive of, a, of the change and the outcome of, of whatever change is being proposed.
1: So then in that statement, you believe there are different types of energy.
2: Well, there's, of course, there's universal spirit. Um, but it, tink- it it's called a tincture in alchemy. It takes on various sub-vibrations, various color tones, uh, various uh, energy tones. That's how magicians are able to get so specific as they use a whole variety of different uh, vibrational subsets. So, yes, there are different vibrations because vibration is uh, at different frequencies, there's a lot of different frequencies.
1: So how do you um, discern which ones are um, good and which ones are bad? Or are they just vibration and frequency? Well,
0: they're
2: they're not good or bad. They're just different frequencies. I mean, you could say that there are lower vibrational frequencies. There's a book out called Power Versus Force where Mm -hmm. he gets into – the lower vibrational frequencies of hate and jealousy and and shame and all of that, and he gets into the higher vibrational frequencies, and he tells you kind of what the frequency is so you can understand the ladder of of frequencies as it relates to human dynamics. I think that book is a must-read for anybody that wants to understand the various frequencies in human dynamics.
1: And, Robert, then um, what are miracles?
2: Well, miracles are events where something supernatural has taken place. It doesn't mean it's not explainable. It's just not explainable today. And so when something supernatural intervenes into your life, I oftentimes use the story of my Uncle Mac, who, whose wife had a massive heart attack, and she was lying in bed and barely breathing and tubes going this way and that way, and they said, look, she's not going to make it an hour. And he said, bring me a pillow. And they brought him a pillow, and he got on his knees, and he sat there, and she survived the entire night. By the morning, she was up, Pulling the tubes out herself, saying, "I need. I'd like some ice cream. I'm hungry," and she lived for many, 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 many more years. I believe that is uh, that is as good a description as you're going to find for a mi- miracle. Now, you could put a whole scientific team to work on that, and they could possibly come up with a physical explanation of how she recovered overnight. You know, I don't know. But that doesn't that doesn't negate the power of his connection to God. You know, some people say, well, yeah, but 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 the doctor did this. Well, yeah, but maybe you wouldn't have had the right doctor. There are there's the right doctor and then there's a doctor. You've got the right one. You've got the right conditions. You've got the right time for a miracle. So I think Wayne Dyer put it best. He said, you know, miracles happen all the time, every day. People that believe in miracles see them often. They don't have to define them. They just see them and know them. And people that don't believe in miracles never see them.
1: So then miracles are tied to your belief system?
2: Everything is tied to your belief system.
1: So your, your miracles, your manifesting, your outcomes, everything be, uh, is tied to what you believe.
2: In your life, yes. It's your reality. You are the star of your own movie and so what you believe determines your reality now the question is what do you really believe that's a whole different show
1: <laughs> yeah and how do you change a belief to to become another reality because so, cuz if you believe something to stop believing in something it takes a lot. It's not, some, it's not just like, okay, don't believe about that because you believe.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, in the ancient mystery schools, they called it the great work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they didn't call it the great play or the great fun. They called it the great work. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes energy to change limiting beliefs. Into resourceful beliefs, to change a belief so deeply, so so impactfully, that you literally switch to another timeline where the outcome that you desire already exists.
1: And what are the emerald tablets?
2: The Emerald Tablet of Hermes uh, is probably the oldest tablet that uh, describes the concept of, of vibration, hermetic principles. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That kind of those kinds of teachings that came from Jesus. Jesus uh, undoubtedly was influenced by the Emerald Tablet. I mean, he spent a lot of years in Egypt, you know, and uh, he spent many years in Egypt before he began his ministry. But the, the primary, the core saying from the Emerald Tablet that you hear people talk about is as above, so below. As within, so without. If you want to change something out there, you've got to change something in here. If you want to change something in the the physical plane, you've got to connect to the higher plane, your mind, your thoughts, your beliefs, and change it there first.
1: And how do you help people through that process?
2: Well, that's a program we call Miracle Mentoring and Alchemy Life Coaching. And it's, a, it's, in, it's an intense program. People that are interested in the program can visit us at uh, dot com, And uh, we we give them 30 minutes to we do a 30-minute program uh, for free where they can determine if it's to their benefit or not. But usually when they are attracted to us, they have a destination. They want to save a dying business, get out of debt, improve health, save a relationship, those kinds of things. And that's fine.
1: Uh, so, so, so usually the people that go there they have a specific why they want to have that uh, certification, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, so they go through the program. It's 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 coaching. It's intense coaching for them, and that's what it's about. And what we experience quite often is <clears throat> that as they make it through one ring pass knot, or as they achieve one goal in their life, all of a sudden, in that process, they're open, they, they've opened themselves up to higher source energy, uh, to faster, cleaner energy, and their whole life begins to change in a positive way. And they're happier, and they feel like they have a, a mission and purpose.
1: And what happens for those people, Robert, that uh, they don't know anything? Like like you ask them what they want from your li- for your life, and they say, well, I don't know, or I'm not sure, or I want something else, and what is it that you want, and they don't know. this type of coaching do not help them?
2: If you knew you couldn't fail, if money were no object, what would you do with your life? And when you phrase the question in that fashion, you can't fail at it. And money's not enough. It's not a problem. What would you really do? What did you want to do when you were 16 years old? So little by little, we get we get down to what they really, really, really want to do with their life. Well, I can't do that. I mean, yeah, I've always wanted to, but I can't do that now. I have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Your first responsibility is to your own journey. And if you are good with that responsibility, you'll be good with every other responsibility you've taken on.
1: Do you believe, Robert, that because we are unable to be responsible with ourselves, why well, it's not that we are not una- we are unable we are not willing to be responsible to ourselves, we then get into all those um illnesses of our bodies?
2: Well, some people believe that that illnesses are caused by our beliefs or our vibration, and obviously all illnesses are, but vibration can be, when it comes to the human body, can consist of a number of different things from, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel loved? Do you feel cared about? Uh, What kind of food are you putting into your body? What kind of water are you drinking? There's a whole lot of things that go in there, That, and there may be, there may be areas that we're we're not even aware of yet, but that's where if people really want to understand this in depth and how to bring about healing, we have an incredible book called uh, the Ruach Healing Method, Magical Energy Healing. And this isn't for this isn't for the uh, you know the the beginner or the fluffy type of individual who just wants to read. Pretty little po- uh, prose. This has got some very deep information. It's got over 268 diagrams in it, and it's a powerful book on healing. So if you have a Reiki background or uh, quantum healing touch or something like that, the Ruach Healing Method on Amazon, and you can't get it on um, you can't get it on audio. Because it has all these diagrams. And we're going to be making it available on, uh, on uh, one of the other download methods. But right now, it's just a, just a book. You buy it as a book. You study it. And the reason is, is that we want you to be able to refer to it if you need to. If you've gone over to somebody's house to, to facilitate some healing energy uh, for a friend or something like that, we want you to be able to bring that book with you and be able to reference it while you're there.
1: Because you have all the diagrams that you might need at the moment.
2: Right, yeah. And, listen, and, and you know, if you're doing this day in and day out, you probably won't need the book handy. But if you're, if you're just using it uh, from time to time to help a friend, help a relative, uh, maybe even do work on yourself, Having that, having those diagrams, having those charts, having all that technique. See, the first part of the book is all about the philosophy of how it works and the concept, and the second part of the book is all about the technique. It's a fairly thick book. I think it's like almost 400 pages, so it's a it's a pretty thick book. I would I would recommend it if you I mean, if you're into Reiki or healing or Prime healing or anything like that, this book is is probably, well, I, you know, if I write another 10 books in my life, mm-hmm. I don't think anything will top this book. That's a limiting belief, but it, it's one I accept.
1: <laughs> and this is an Amazon. And, but what about your other two books?
2: Well, um, Manifesting Beyond Belief is really just a workbook. And it really goes best with the course, Manifesting Beyond Belief. You can get that at manifestingbeyondbelief.com. And that's an entire course. We did a three-day intensive. We had people come from all over the world to Taos, New Mexico. And we had this beautiful resort, waterfalls and running rivers and all kinds of stuff, you know, spas and everything. And we had people coming from India, we had people coming from Australia. We had people coming from all over the United States, and they did three days intensive with me in Taos, New Mexico, called Manifesting Beyond Belief. It was it was it was unbelievable. It was an incredible weekend. It was just even to this day. It's been well, how many years has it been, Rachel? Four years. Well, you were pregnant with with uh, Julian. So, you know, it's been about four years. And I to this day, I still think about the intensity of that workshop. Unbelievable. But we recorded it all, and we edited, uh, edited the three days down into the important parts, and we made it into a program called Manifesting Beyond Belief. So the workbook is the same workbook that they received at Manifesting Beyond Belief. It was. It's incredible. So you get the workbook when you go and get the whole program, and uh, that's kind of how that works.
1: And to get to that one, you go to the same um, website that you were man- Or no, you go to manifestingbeyondbelief.com?
2: dot Yeah, manifestingbeyondbelief.com. dot com.
1: Okay. And what about the other one, the Law of Attraction Secrets?
2: Yeah. That. I wanted a book that didn't just talk about the philosophy of the law of attraction or regurgitate some of the stuff that's already out there. I wanted a book that you could reference, kind of a reference book, like, okay, I'm having a problem with this. What are some manifesting uh, thought forms that I can use? What are some manifesting techniques I can use? And so it goes through a lot of different life crises, and kind of gives you two or three different chapters on how to deal with them. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those books that you're going to keep around and you're going to reference all the time. And and as a matter of fact, we even have, I think we have two more chapters, one or two more chapters that we're adding into the book that will be coming out next year sometime. And it's, so it'll be the, the the what do they call it? The revised edition with additional information. Edition.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah. So. You know, I've learned new stuff. You know, so <laughs> I have to put it, have to put it in the book.
1: Yeah, and and that's the beauty. If if you if you make those book electronics, you just add them, and they are instantly re- review a new edition, and you don't need to buy the whole book again.
2: Yeah, that's true
1: well i i that, we book is, re- that book is, that book,
2: is that book is electronic it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and so you can get the electronic download version
1: okay good and and to get there you you mentioned it was in on amazon your all your books
2: yep uh-huh yes all on amazon
1: so robert hey, is you, there you, the
2: best thing to do is the best thing to do yeah. is just type in Robert Zink. On Amazon, and my books will come up. The only other one that will not come up on Amazon is Manifesting Beyond Belief. That one is a separate website, so because you have to get the the video programs
1: that go with it. Yeah, otherwise it doesn't make sense to have that because you need the program yeah. as well. Exactly. Uh, anything else that you that you think we should mention before we finish today' transmission?
2: Well, you know, today, as we record this, it's 9/ 11, so we you know we humbly uh, kind of take that moment of silence at some point in the day and remember the lives that were lost 19 years ago and a horrific attack on the United States. And um, we just we just want to we just want to end with, "I love you." I'm sorry, please forgive me." Thank you.
1: And thank you as well for being here, Robert. And you are welcome to come back, you and Rachel, whenever you want. I really, really enjoyed today. And that's it for today. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend.
2: You too. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.